Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Good to see you and to know that you're joining with us. We just want to say God bless you and and thank you for joining with us. pray that God will minister to each and every need. I'd like to start by singing in the key of C, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Thankful for His faithfulness. We sure appreciate our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has been so faithful unto us and led us all the way. Amen. Let's sing this together. Verse 1. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. unto yourself, Father, your great and holy and divine love that you have projected forth, O God. We love you, Lord Jesus, with all of our hearts, and we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's sing Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you are more than enough for me,
stand together, all that are able, sing that again, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you are more than enough for me, softly and we'll just go to prayer I've asked brother John to lead us in prayer this morning we're just thankful for God restoring our brother and and continue to do so and all our friends and fellow believers on the state side we just continue to remember you in prayer and thankful that God has intervened on your behalf and we have some needs this morning we just want to remember our Brother Tom and Sister Joanne, who've also been uh, affected by uh, this COVID virus. You just want to bring them before God in prayer this morning and the different different ones in our midst. And just also uh, have a request from uh, Brother Henry Waldner for his daughter-in-law, Rebecca, who's just having some complications in uh, the latest pregnancy. And he just asked that we, as a congregation, would remember that need in prayer. So maybe we can do that this morning. And Brother John, if you are ready to to lead in prayer, that would be uh, wonderful while we... Uh... I wonder if we can just lift up our hands wherever you're at. Yeah. If you would just like to lift up your hands as a believer, just inviting the Lord Jesus to come by our way today. Great physician, the mighty God. Everlasting Father, wherever you're at, just lift up your voice. Let the Holy Spirit hear your heart, hear your life. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're approaching you with faith and believing, with praises on our lips, with thanksgiving in our hearts. Even as we prayed this morning, you are great God. You are mighty Father. You fill all time and space. You are omnipresent wherever believers are, men and women, children, young people, middle-aged, lift up their hearts, lift up their faith. And today we want to approach you as our father, as our husband, as our physician, as our healer, as our deliverer, as the baptizer with the Holy Spirit that you would come by into every address 
Even as the service is coming up through Cloverdale Bible Way there in Surrey, Canada, but it's going and stretching across the miles into Canada, into Washington State, into Europe and Africa, New Zealand. I pray the healing angel would visit every single person. I pray the Holy Spirit would come down mightily today and demonstrate your power and demonstrate yourself. For we are not approaching a God of wood and stone, but a God of power, a God of deliverance, a God that is more than enough, more than able. Your strength is sufficient. And we are pulling on your almighty powers today and ask that our brother Murphy Wong would feel the anointing of God and the power of God flowing through the gift as the gift is the Holy Spirit that you would come to every address, come to every life, come to every situation and may there be healing, may there be deliverance, May you breathe upon your people. May the Holy Spirit move, Lord, in such a way that every germ, every virus, every demon, every devil of hell would be pushed back today. That as we lift our hands and salute you, that, Lord, in every address, there would come a wave. There would come a breath. There would come a strength, Lord, into your people like we have never seen before as the unity of the brothers and the unity of the sisters are one today. May you speak, thus saith the Lord, to all of our hearts, Lord Jesus. We are believing our brother Murphy Wong is going to speak the mind of Christ and you are going to reveal, thus saith the Lord to us, As a people that are getting ready for the rapture, we are getting ready for the change. We are making everything right. Our sins are under the blood. And I pray for a great wave of the Holy Spirit throughout our lives and our families and your children. There were some spoken requests, but there's many unspoken. And I, you know each one of them. Listen to our hearts. Listen to the need. We speak to you. We believe you. We trust you. And we are releasing your strength into every life, into every need. Bless the service, our brother Nathan Hildebrand and all the musicians and all the technical part. May every household sense your presence. And may you come near today in our one service And bless us with your nearness, we pray. And we just all want to thank you now and rejoice and begin to worship and begin to thank you for answering our prayers and answering the prayers of the saints. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We worship you and touch the hem of your garment. In Jesus Christ's name, we thank you as one body. Amen. John, we appreciate that. You can have your seats this morning. um, Do we know that little course, Thy Loving Kindness is Better Than Life? And uh, I'm going to ask our brother Mike Ray to come and 
sing a special this morning. If he would make himself ready and available, we would appreciate that. And Amen. Let's sing this together. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Oh, thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee, I lift my hands, I lift my hands, Lord, unto thy name. Oh, I lift my hands, Lord, unto thy name. I lift shall praise thee, thus will I bless. bless you everyone this morning. Good to see you. We're going to sing. This song has been on my heart for a long time. Uh, we're just gonna, but Aaron, if you want to bring up Believing on the screen. And uh, we're going to sing this together. We're filling in the little gaps. We had a special this morning, but uh, couldn't uh, make it happen. So we just felt, you know, maybe it's a window of opportunity to sing Believing this morning. We've been through some mountaintops, maybe some feel in their valley. But in the valley once more, will Jesus still be Lord? That is the question. Amen. So we'll just sing that song together. You join in. I can't hear you, but you feel free. I'm in here. Go ahead a little bit. It's not hard to believe. Standing on the mountain top of glory. Oh, when you can hear the songs of angels and a breeze from heaven sends your spirit soaring. Oh, but in the valley once more. Jesus still be Lord, that's the question. Cause believing, when believing isn't easy, that is the testing. Amen, let's sing that now. And the mountaintop is just a memory Oh, and there's no sign to be seen 
troubles come my way And I just don't understand what it means Oh, and that's when nothing else will do Faith alone will see me through And believing becomes my victory Going well and skies are sunny When you feel you're making progress And doing good, living in a time of plenty Oh, but if all of that should change Will you still keep the faith Sing this to his glory. appreciate that and that's a real good song we always enjoy it amen praise God we'll ask our brother Murphy to come and minister and uh, maybe we can just sing together fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord let's lift our cups up this morning and we know that God is a, a great fountain and is unlimited there's no limit to God and he has the supply of all of our needs and All of our desires that are in Him, God is able to supply. Amen. 
So let's just sing this together and Oh, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, come and quench this thirsting of my soul, bread of heaven. heart desire to lift the cup up so that you can fill with us Lord Lord we emptied ourselves out so there's nothing that's in us we can bring to you but Lord only asking you to come at this moment to fill us up Lord to feed your sheep Lord this is your children this is your sheep and you're the great shepherd Lord you can meet you're the only one that can meet our need you're the only one that's our healer. You're the only one that can restore us. You're the only one that can deliver us. Lord, we remember the different needs that are amongst this body. Lord, and no matter where they are, some may be listening. Some maybe it is uh, so weak they cannot even get up from the bed to listening. But Lord, your eyes has watched everywhere, Lord. Your heart has noticed every person. That no matter what situation that you are in, Lord, we just pray the Holy Spirit to go to each room and taking control of the every situation, taking over every sickness and to drive them out. Lord, we only have a one method to do. That's to cast out Satan. 
cast out all the demon spirit that's trying to affect us. You don't give us any other weapon to do, but only the faith to believe your word. And your promise is true. It is yea and amen. You are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, Satan doesn't have enough power to overcome you. When you were on earth, he doesn't have enough power to overcome the bride of Jesus Christ that on this earth now. So, Lord, we claim the healing for each person that's been affected by the virus or the different diseases. We know there's a, the doctor that may be given a different name, but, Lord, we know there's a demon behind it. So, Lord, we just uh, claim the health and the asking and the screaming for the name of Jesus Christ to come to heal every person and to deliver them and take them out from their sick bed and to restore it or totally. Father, we thank you, Lord. We come into the sacred part of this service and to open up your word. Lord, man is not able to do that, but only you can reveal your word to us. We just ask you, Lord, even that this moment, come, Lord, open up this Bible, and so that you reveal yourself, speak to the heart of the people. Lord, you know what our need. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you, and so I'm really glad to see each one of you, and so on Zoom, and also the stream the service. And uh, some in the uh, room, and maybe some in a different part of the world. But uh, we all gather together to uh, worship our God in spirit and in truth. May the Lord bless you as we open the, the Bible to the um, uh, book of uh, Romans. And thank you for the musicians and so the, all the technical brothers and uh, brothers on the video. And uh, some of the deacon brothers um, uh, uh, here to uh, help us uh, uh, keep the, the churches open. And some... Um, just uh, I noticed it's just a fewer people, but we're looking forward for that day that we can uh, all gather together. And so we know uh, we, we're depending on the supernatural God. We're not depending on what is a man can say or uh, or rules or things. If you're, we're just depending on the government, and uh, we know who's behind the government. But we're depending on the supernatural God. No matter what is the government say, but God has the final say. So we believe Him and uh, that we trust the Lord can open up the door of the church again so that we can worship together. And so uh, let's turn to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8. Uh, we don't have two verses here. Um, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of a life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. Uh, so the floor willing, I would um, uh, like to um, uh, speak of the subject, uh, power of condemnation. Power of condemnation. I know this is a kind of a strange uh, uh, title even for me to even give the title, uh, but um, as the services goes along, uh, I just pray the Lord to um, uh, bring the truth uh, out of it. And I might not be able to um, uh, to finish it, but I'll, I'll try. I'll do uh, everything that I can. I don't want to be a long-winded preacher. Uh, so that I'll, uh, if if I feel this is the time to stop, I'll just stop, and then wait till the next time. Um, but um, uh, we feel uh, we know that. Um, Condemnation is a such a, 
uh, horrible thing. And that the person uh, can feel the condemnation uh, that's so much that they can be, uh, uh, it, it literally can drive a person uh, to instant. And the condemnation can come in the person's heart. And uh, on the outside, um, they're probably just as um, normal as a normal person can be. But on the inside, something that is uh, they can hide it or something that's registered that are in their uh, hearts that condemn them all this year until uh, something happens, then uh, you know that. And we know that uh, we are... Uh, we live in this world. God has uh, already condemned this world. Everywhere you go, everything that you saw, you can only solve the effect of uh, what God has uh, condemned. It's not because God wants to condemn this world. It's because of the sin that is in this world. And because of sin, and sin must be condemned. And that God provided the way that is His own blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ. He provided the blood of the Lamb of God that slain before the foundation of the world that for the, for the people, but because the people don't receive it. That's why this, uh, they're condemned. They're condemned not because their sin, their mistake, their wrongdoing, and this and that. They're condemned because they don't accept God's provided it away. And we can, uh, uh, you can see that uh, uh, even in this world, uh, that the people that who are, uh, that's uh, condemned, and uh, they can show the different um, result of some people that was uh, condemned, uh, they even uh, commit suicide. They just cannot, uh, cannot live uh, with the guilt uh, anymore. And um, some that uh, uh, they hide it, they condemn the, the guilt in their heart until their deathbed. And uh, until they uh, come to the, the brink of the death, they start to confess, you know, or make this right, or make that, uh, make right, uh, that right. They ought to be done that at ahead of time, instead of uh, when they're coming to the deathbed to do that. You know, there's sometimes that the people, if uh, things are so small and the same like so insignificant, but it can condemn the person. The person can uh, hold the guilt that in their heart, and uh, the other people doesn't know nothing about it. And um, you know, uh, sometimes that the people uh, can be condemned in one thing, uh, but on the other things that it ought to be condemned, and that they don't feel the condemnation at all. Let me give you an example: the Hitler. That he can uh, feel so condemned if uh, uh, he smack his dog, and uh, he, he feel so condemned he doesn't even eat meat. He he's a vegetarian, as uh, we were told. But at the same time, he can kill six million Jews without any condemnation. And the thing uh, we think of all of these things, uh, uh, we, we know that uh, 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 the condemnation is a, such a horrible thing. That uh, for uh, people to live with. Uh, if you try to, um, uh, for for example, we're living on this earth. If you try to it against or do things uh, that's a contrary uh, contrary to the common things uh, that the people believe in the society, and uh, if not uh, uh, in line uh, with the uh, uh, word of the uh, the Lord, and then you do something. Uh, but yet, it is, uh, what you did is in line with the word of the Lord, but it's not in line with the people's thinking that are on this earth. Uh, then the pressure of this earth, of this world, started to come upon you. And that can make it a person feel that you're condemned. And uh, 
uh, was just a very simple thing. If uh, nowadays if you go to the supermarket or things, and uh, if you try to uh, cough a little bit, and you almost have to uh, hold yourself, uh, hold your breath, and uh, because out of all the people going to look at you and it makes you feel condemned, even by just uh, coughing yourself. And, uh, you know, that's uh, the world that we're li- living in. The People's um, common sense is the same laws. The things that people, their mind, they judge certain things. Uh, it's not according to the word anymore. And it's all they are judging things is all according uh, to um, what the, the people, this world that are thinking uh, the which is right. And so you give an example even on uh, what we are called this a pandemic. And the bars can open, the superstore can open, the Walmarts can open, but the church, they're not allow you to open. Uh, this world, it doesn't, uh, you, you just cannot give the common sense even. But anyway, we don't want to uh, get into that. Uh, that's up to the Lord. We believe the Lord, uh, He's a supernatural God. He's going to do things out of which it doesn't matter what is the devil's is to try to do. And then, uh, Another thing, if you reject uh, the condemnation and uh, that you feel maybe it's unjust to put it on you, but if you reject it in a wrong way, that can lead to a disaster. And uh, I, I remembered I, I, uh, there was a one news um, was years ago. Uh, I don't even know the name of the, the person. And I think he's uh, one of the government officials that in the uh, United States. And then uh, he was... Um, uh, charged or condemned by the law, said he was a bribe or take of a fraud or whatever, taking out of money or things. And then he was um, uh, condemned to prison. And then he felt he was uh, wrongly uh, uh, judged. And then he uh, taken a gun. He called uh, a press, uh, a news press, and right in front of the news press, and he uh, uh, he uh, read the letter, said he's he's not guilty, he's innocent, and all of that. And right in front of the press. And he uh, shot himself. He killed himself. And uh, uh, because he felt this is wrongly uh, judged for him. He was condemned to the wrong. But you see, if a person, if they feel condemned to the wrong, they ought to do in the, the right way instead of uh, doing this is the wrong way. And for the believer, I think that we ought to know that it's the same thing. When there is condemnation that come, that God provided the right way for us to get to the justice. It's not a how you try to fight it. It's not a how you try to say, I did this, I didn't do it. It's not how you try to emotionally work up to that point. You said, okay, this is wrong, this is not. No, that's not what the believer's status is to do. But God provided the way for the believer under the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the way He provided. And that's... Um, so in one way, we cannot accept the condemnation from what is Satan that's put it on us. He used to whatever the carnal world and try to give the, what they thinking that is right and then it put to the condemnation. If you not follow the rule of the world, if you not follow the common sense that the people in the world has been made, then they will try to condemn you. We're not accepted that. We only do things as according what is the word of God has said to us.
Because if we're not be careful, we can be easily go into the trend of this world. Yeah, you, the things that you need to stand up to it against, the worldlyism, the, the world that the people's thinking and everything can easily affect the people. And then the news and the media, the social media, they can work up the certain things. And then it makes you, if you're not supporting it, then you're condemned. If you're not a follow what is the devil has made to the rule that for, for the people in the world to do, then you can feel that they're condemned. We're not accepting that. That is if the Satan tried to put that on the believer, I think the believer should have enough sense that at the end I said, Satan, I'm not belonging to this world. And that I'm not off of this world. I'm coming from another world. God gave me the law that I need to follow. God gave me the rule that I need to follow. Not means that we try to break the law, break the, the moral standard of the, uh, the, the, the people. You know, we try to make the, the things of the heart. No, but we have a one absolute. That absolute is the word of God has revealed it to us in this hour. And in book of a Roman that we just read, it said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Why? They're, the, well, the people, the reason they're not walking in the flesh, because our flesh is dead. And because of by believing the Lord, we kill the Lord, kill the, the desire, the conscience, uh, the uh, the desire of the heart to sin. And but we're walking in the Spirit because of the Spirit is living inside of us, and that our position is in Jesus Christ. Our position is not uh, uh, your position in the church or your position or uh, or the in the, the body. That's the gift. That a God give it to a person. The person can have the gift of singing. The person can have the gift of, of the, the, the preaching. But that's not our position in Christ Jesus. And the brethren are talking about the word right now in the heavenly places. What is in the heavenly places? That's our position in Jesus Christ. It's not means that we are preaching or the different the gift that we possess, but our position is in Jesus Christ. When we realize that we have a position in Jesus Christ, then the condemnation has no effect on us. It doesn't mean that a devil is not going to accuse you, but you know exactly what your position is. So all the accusation from Satan will not take an effect on you. It doesn't mean that, that uh, uh, you know, we're, we realize that we're, uh, we're in the heavenly places. We're in the position that in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, you feel all the time free. There's no accusation. There's no condemnation. Don't forget, devil is an expert in an accusation. And he not only accusates you just in one time, then he left you. Thinking about that, the Bible said that the devil is an accuser of the brethren, what, day and night. And he's, that means the 24 hours. Even when you're sleeping, Sister Sherry, Sister Lisa, he's still accusing you. That means that he doesn't rest. Don't think that at the daytime, you know, when your mind is, is working, he's accusing you. Even when you go into sleep, he's accusing you. You think about it sometime and that we even dream in a dream and that woke up in the middle of the night and we're thinking so condemned. How in the world did that thought even enter into my mind? Well, who's doing that? That accuser, that expert of accuser that is accusing the brethren day and night.
But thank God, if we know our position, that in Christ Jesus, we are constantly, also day and night, 24 hours, we're in the blood of Jesus Christ. His eye, there is a bumper, there is a blood bumper that is between us and the accusation of a Satan. The Satan's accusation cannot go through the blood of Jesus Christ and to go before Jesus. There's no way for his accusations to go there. So when we realize what position that we are in, none of that accusation can take any effect on the person who realized their position in Jesus Christ. And Brahma said in the in the witness, he said, if you know positionally who you was and what you are tonight, there wouldn't be a feeble person that in here in the next five minutes. He said, that's right. The thing of it is, you're looking off into a millennium for something to happen. When it's already here. When he was saying that, it doesn't mean that we're in a heavenly place and in the future. Yes, in the heavenly place, we will be in that. But right now, even at this moment, if you receive the Lord, if God has transformed you, has changed you, there is a constantly blood sacrifice is constantly pleading for you. There is a blood of Jesus Christ is still working 24 hours a day, still taking the effect on any person. That's who believe in Him and recognize who we are, know what our desire is, know what we used to be, and know what we are right now. He said, the thing of it is that you're looking off into a millennium or something that happened when it's already here. Now we are the sons of God. Now we will be, we are right now. He said, when this night, I'll say this morning, it's not even this afternoon, right now, you are the son and daughter of a God. He said, right now, this minute, we are seated together in heavenly place in Jesus Christ. We might not sit together in one place, but we all sitting together in that heavenly place because you recognize that who you are. That means that when you recognize who you are, you recognize it on the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you're not looking at your own self. You're not looking at your own mistake. You're not looking at your own fault. But you look at it on the power of the blood of the Lamb of God. Brother Ram said, if we are assembled in heavenly, it means that the position of the believer. That if I'm prayed up, and you prayed up, or the church is prayed up, and we're ready for the message, have you prayed it up? Have you prayed it up and ready for the message? He said, we're ready for the message, and we have assembled ourselves together, ascent, called out, baptized with the Holy Ghost. It's not in the future. It's not in the past. We're right now assembled together. You said, I'm just looking at the Zoom. I'm just streaming the service. Somebody can show their face. Or some didn't show their face. It doesn't matter. We're all assembled together in the heavenly place because you recognize your position in Jesus Christ. It said, filled with the God's blessing, called, elected, 
set together in heavenly places. Now we are heavenlies in our souls. Our spirit has brought us into heavenly atmosphere. Oh brother, there you are, a heavenly atmosphere. What could happen tonight? What could happen tonight if we would be sitting here in a heavenly atmosphere? You say, you know, we have to, uh, when we talk about a heavenly atmosphere, we're all thinking about, we're singing together, we rejoice together, we worship together, the church door is open, we're sitting there, that's wonderful, that is the heavenly atmosphere, and we believe God will give us that, but even without that, you're still in that heavenly atmosphere, where you pray it up, get ready for the message, and then the Lord can meet every need. Think about what we the purpose that we come into the church for, to meet God, so that God can come in there to meet our need and you can meet him even right now at this moment in the heavenly atmosphere when you pray it up and get ready for the message god will come on down even in your room no matter what situation that you are in we're not trying to find excuse for you not coming to the church we're telling you to let you recognize right now don't waste your time don't waste your time for the future event future event belongs to god but now event belongs to you now is the time you get sitting in the where you are to get prayed up and get ready for the message. Then God can coming down with His presence to meet everyone's need. It said that the Holy Spirit moving over every heart that's been regenerated. Has your heart been regenerated? If you are born again. The Holy Spirit is living in you. Now you are regenerated and become a new creature in Jesus Christ. It said all sins under the blood. All sins under the blood. You have a past? All past under the blood. You have a guilt? All guilt under the blood. No matter how old that guilt is, it's under the blood. No matter how fresh that guilt is, that guilt also under the blood. Because the blood is covered all the time. The blood pleading for you all the time. He said in perfect worship, with our hands up to God, and our hearts lifted up, setting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Worshiping together. In the heavenly places. It said we become a God's own life in us. Then we are dead to the things of the world. It doesn't mean that the world doesn't affect you. It doesn't mean that the accuser doesn't accuse you. It doesn't mean that condemnation doesn't fail in our mind. Those things are still there. But it said we're dead to the things of the world. That means that those things cannot influence you. Those things that maybe affect you on the outside, but cannot make you to disbelieve God's word. That condemnation doesn't do anything to your future home. That condemnation doesn't affect any of the true believer. Won't delay one bit of our time of going home. That condemnation won't do anything to stop us to believe in the Lord, to walk with His hand. Think about the condemnation that Noah had. 
120 years, he'd been feeling the condemn. Wow, he's building that. And everybody else was, was uh, the people there jeering at him, slander and laughing at him, but he's constantly building. Think about the pressure that he's under. That his children was building this all together. And he has to be the leader in that home. Constantly building the ark and hammering on it. Hammering on it. Maybe it's the children sometimes even say, Daddy, do you think this can be around? It's a no, but the promise of God has a promise that said a rain is going to come. Therefore, the people who is in Christ Jesus, and then they're walking not after the, the flesh, but a walk after the spirit. There's no condemnation to them that's in Jesus Christ. And then Brother Bram said, he said, then we're dead to the things of the world and have arisen with the Christ and uh, setting in heavenly places, looking back to where we come from. Is enough that we could think of that? And he lets off the pressure, takes the pressure away when we recognize the position that we now hold in Christ by receiving the Holy Spirit, God's own life. And the Greek word Zoe, which means God's own life dwelling in you. It's not just some kind of a church life dwelling in you, but it's God's own life that is dwelling in you. He said, now we're already dead and our lives are hide in God through Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit. The devil is out of the picture altogether. And when we sit together like this in heavenly places with Christ in Him, then we can certainly let off the pressure. God provided to us a place that we can let off the pressure. God provided a little place that we can turn out, we can turn off every condemnation and that accusation that Satan had put it on us. You cannot reject this accusation just by a pump yourself up, say, you know, I'm not accepting that. I'm just getting rid of. You have to reject it by the blood of Jesus Christ to know your position that in Christ, then there's no condemnation can take any effect along you. You see that Jesus we know that the Christ is the lamb that is slain before the foundation of the world. And he got a position as a lamb and interceding for every person that who believe that predestinated that in, uh, for, uh, in the book of, the uh, lamb's book of life. And interceding as a lamb for every true believer, the member of the bride of Jesus Christ. But to the, the Christ has a dual position. That is not only just a lamb that pay for it at a price and that interceding as a sacrifice, but is it also has another position that is a claim, he claim his redemptive rights. That is a, he was a, as a sacrifice right now, he was a, on the throne and was a, interceding for the believer. But at the same time, he's also the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world and is come to re- to claim his redemptive right. That's why the Lamb of God take down the book and then come also to claim that his right, which is you and me, we are the inheritance of God. He come to claim in us. 
Jesus Christ has a dual position that in that. As I said, as long as the sacrifices is there, then the accusation of Satan cannot cross the blood. Because that blood got enough power that I will... Oh, we're, we're done away with or we reject every accusation that a Satan had. And when we realize that a Christ has the due position, we also have to realize we as the bride of Jesus Christ, we have a dual position too. He has the position as a Lamb of a God that uh, can uh, interceding for, uh, for our plea, for, uh, for our sin. And we are the beneficiary of the interceding of the Lamb of God. That means we uh, we draw benefit from the blood of the Lamb. The blood speaks better things for us. The blood forgive us. We still uh, we reject all the condemnation the devil put it on. But at the same time, we know that uh, uh, Jesus Christ in another position... He has the position to claim that what is a rightfully belongs to him. And if he has that right, he takes the book. All the rights that Adam has forfeited and God has to give it to him. And then he's not keeping just for himself. He gives that to us as well. If he has the position and he claims that what is a rightfully belongs to him, is also our position to claim every right that belongs to us. Because Jesus Christ never just keep that right just to himself. He gave that book to you and me. He gave that title deed to us. That means this is not only rightfully belongs to him, it also rightfully belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. And joy belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Rapture belongs to you. Body change. Everything that he redeemed all belongs to you. Jesus is never just as a sacrifice laying there to own the defense. He's not only just defending you, but he's also come to claim his right. And when we receive the blood sacrifice, we're not just on the defending position. Said, you know, okay, give me the, so that I can be free of guilt. I can be free of condemnation. So that I can live free. So that I don't have to be uh, constantly to live in the guilt anymore. God also gave us a due position. That when we have not been condemned because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the second position that we need to do. Claim every right that God gave it to you. When you don't have that condemnation, realize who you are in heavenly places, then you have a right to claim everything that belongs to you. That's why healing belongs to you because it's paid for. That's why peace belongs to you because it's paid for. That's why your children belongs to you because it's paid for. Everything that belongs to you. To them that is in Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. But a purpose of no condemnation is not just that you feel good. 
The purpose of a no condemnation is not just that you are singing and shouting, screaming, saying, oh, I'm free, I'm free. The purpose of the no condemnation is that you can recognize who you are and to do the second position that the Lord Jesus has come, claim everything that belongs to you. But that's making us constantly put us into the awkward the situation. Or put us into like a dilemma. Because at the same time, we can feel the condemnation. We do things that are wrong. And we do some mistake. And then we're confessing, Lord, sorry I'm wrong. And we feel condemned. Because Satan knows as long as you feel condemned, you have no confidence to claim what is it belongs to you. So Satan try const- that's the reason he constantly accuse you. He constantly day and night come before the Lord and constantly accuse you. Because when you are condemned, how can you claim? When you feel condemned, how will you have the confidence to say this is a belongs to me? As long as the accusations is there, as long as the condemnations is there, you cannot go into the heavenly places. If you're not going to the heavenly places, and you're constantly on the defending, you're constantly just on the defense, constantly asking, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I don't mean to do that wrong. And then as long as you keep doing that, you cannot claim what is the rightful that belongs to you. And you cannot fighting with Satan any longer. Because all you are just on the defense. So that's why the Lord has to take away the condemnation off of you. So that you can claim that whoever, whatever that belongs to you. But that's make us, make the believer into the constantly dilemma. Because the one they are condemned and we ask the Lord to forgive me. And then we make another mistake. We fall again. And we constantly, that end that seems like a cycle. And just constantly making a mistake. And constantly pray the Lord to forgive me. And we're constantly doing that. That Satan was just laughing at us. Because he's a, oh, he, he doesn't, you, you didn't do any harm on his kingdom at all. But you see, when the, when the blood has a, let's, a, let's take an example, even for Elijah. You know, when he was a, a anointed by God, he's the prophet. And when he was under anointing, and he can kill the, the Baal, Baal's is a prophet. And he uh, chopped their head off and he called the fire that are coming from heaven. And so uh, asked him to pour water on the altar and he rebuilt it. And to put the wood on there and the, uh, the, the oxen that was a sand and everything. And then the fire to come down to consume the, the sacrifice. And what a mighty prophet. And he even uh, said to the Lord, he said, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Lord hear me that it's the people may know that they are God, Lord God and that thou has to turn their heart back at it again. What a mighty prophet that he is. But at the same time, just uh, right after that, maybe the second day or so, 
and uh, he was a commander from an anointing. Just by one woman's threat, that he ran away. And come under, uh, going to, under the juniper tree. And said, Lord, take away my life. For I am no better than my father's. You know, the, to, uh, for Elijah, it's almost look like he got a dual personality. And in one way, he's a mighty prophet. But on the other hand, he was just a weakling. And I think about it sometime, and as the believers, it seems like it's the same way. And when they're under the anointing, it seems like they're invincible. But when they come out of the anointing, and, uh, uh, you, you don't, you don't find any person even more weaker than the believer. And then they're constantly, oh Lord, why did I do this? Why did I roll in that? But you see, God never rebuked Elijah. He just sent an angel again and to comfort Elijah and give him the food that he can eat. Said, you got a long journey to go. You see, when we are in that condition, when Satan was a constant and accusing you, it seems like we're living in this flesh all the time, but God never forsaking you. No matter what situation that you are in, the blood sacrifice still pleading for you. God still have a strength to give it to us and to tell us to rise up again from your wall and from your falling, from the things that you have done, the mistake. Rise up and claim what is that belongs to you. And then the Bible said, Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. And Satan also know this. He know it as long as he can condemn you. And then you cannot have a confidence toward God. But you have to understand that if God, if Christ has that at a two, do a position that is in him, he gave that the same thing to the bride of Jesus Christ. In one way, he's a sacrifice that is pleading for you. But on the same time, he's also come to claim his right. For the bride of Jesus Christ, God has a built in in the bride that in one way we're the beneficiary of what is the blood sacrifice has been sacrificed, has been slain for. But on the other hand, we also have that ability that inside of us, as soon as we done Confess our wrong, then the wrong drop into the bleach, the blood of Jesus Christ, and we rise up almost like in a different person, and it comes and the Lord, healing belongs to me. Lord, my children belongs to me. Lord, my loved one belongs to me. Why? Because God built in that ability that inside of here. It's because of the Holy Spirit, the blood that you received makes you to be like that. And in the Bible, in the Hebrew, it said about this man, he talked about a Jesus. After he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sit down at the right hand of a God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemy be made his uh, footstool. For by one offering, he has a perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who are they? You are that a person. By one sacrifice, it doesn't need any more sacrifice. When he done on the Calvary, that is already finished. 
We're the beneficiary of that. You don't need to make a sacrifice again. All you need is just confess your sin. Drop that into the bleach, the blood of Jesus Christ. And rise up, claim what is God given to you. And they said, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their mind, what I write them. And their sins and the iniquity, what I remember no more. When you confess your sin, well, no matter what accusation the Satan had, but when you confess it, that sin has been the drop into the bleach. And the Lord said, I will remember no more. He said, where, now where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without a wavering, for he is a faithful that promised. What a wonderful promise that the Lord had given it to us. It's not a depending on you. It's not you trying to pump it up. But that blood sacrifice that Jesus has made, that living inside of you. He can plead it. He can forgive. And he can reject every accusation that from Satan, none of them can go through the blood that Jesus has shed for us. And the Bible continues to say in Hebrews 10, 2, for then would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshiper, once purged, should have no more conscience of sin. You know, that's why Job is firmly against his other friends and accusation because he must be faithful to the sacrifice that he had already made. Not upon his own righteousness, but he... What is the righteousness is built on the sacrifice that he's already made. And it's not our righteousness, but it's the righteousness. Our righteousness is built on the, the blood that Jesus Christ has already shed. That's why we have to hold fast to that. When Satan is asked, when Satan is accused you, tell them right back that all the sin has been dropped into the blood of Jesus Christ. And everything has been dropped into that bleach and have been breaking down. There's no sin to them that is walking in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ. They're not a walk after the flesh, but a walk after the spirit. But Abraham said in the Godhead and in simplicity. He said, if I've got a red spot on my hand and covered it with white, the red spot is still there. He said, it's still there. But God sent down from heaven a bleach for sin. It was the blood of his own son. That, when our confessed sin dropped into God's bleach, try to find it again. 
the coloring of sin goes back through the mediator and down through the time until he hits the accuser, Satan, and lays on him till the day of the judgment. Where are your sins? The sins that he confessed to drop into the, the, the bleach, the sin goes all the way back to the accuser. You're not the sinner anymore, but he is the one. Oh, your confessed sin has to go back and it dropped out on him. And laid on him until he's going to the judgment, going to the lake of fire. Right now, he's the one that is going to be, is being condemned. It's being, it's being accused. It's not you because all the confessed sin has been breaking down and like the bleach all back it on him. And then the Bible, and the brother Mamma said, and it is rising of the sun. He said, but when the abstract has come, he said he struck off, omitted everything. I'm the abstract, the holder then. Amen. And as sure as the spirit that I raised Christ from the dead, I have an abstract deed that I'm part of the body. With the abstract of the Holy Ghost, and making that body of a word live out just exactly like it did in him. As he promised in the last day, all my sin are struck it out. All your sins are struck it out by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost is come as an abstract to the title deed that God gave me by grace, by foreknowledge. Where is your sin? There's no sin for the believer. All the sins has been turned back and put it on Satan. Because you confess, and one confess the sin is to confess and to be dipped into. It's that a man or woman that's been dipped into the blood of Jesus Christ. It kills all symptom, and every molecule of sin goes back to the devil and laid on him till the day of judgment. All the sin lays on him. What is he doing now? He said, "Why is he still doing havoc?" Why is still the condemnation? Why is still the accusation? That's all he can do. He had no real power because he is the criminal. He's the criminal already been judged, and he's in prison. He's confined. He's just waiting for his punishment. He is the criminal have all the sentence of a sin. Said you are guilty. So God said to Satan, you are guilty. Not my son, not my daughter, but you are guilty. Because you are guilty, you are deprived of all the freedom to do anything to harm my children. All you are doing, you are only a bluff. You are only accusation. You only try to condemn, but you don't have a real power. If a person was condemned, if a person sentenced to the prison, they lost their freedom. They're waiting for the judgment to come. They're waiting for them being sentenced to death. But during the time they were confined, they were locked up. They have no freedom whatsoever. All the sins has been laid on Satan instead of laid on you. All he doing is just bluffing at you, accuse you, condemning at you. But all the real power has been deprived from him. He lost the freedom to do anything what he wants to do. 
Because he is the guilty. He's the one that has all the sin laid on him. And he can only do things when God allowed him to do. Every time when he tried to do anything, he must come before the Lord, not only accusing, he has to ask permission to do it. When he done something to Job, he must ask the permission from the Lord. And the Lord asked him, have you checked my servant Job? Oh, he said, you did this, you protected him. Lord said, now you can do that. Then he can do when the, when the sickness will come upon you, you know before the sickness can come upon you, he must come before God. He may be accusing you. He may be condemning you. And then he said, I need to do the sickness on him. God has to give him the permission so that he can put sickness on you. But if God gave him a permission, God will never give the devil permission if it's not benefited for you. Only when it's a benefit for your walk with the Lord, then Lord says, Satan, you can try them. But he will come out even more better than he was going into that trial. He can come accused, but he only get a permission to do anything on you before when God gave him the permission. When it take your loved one, when it take your children, when it make you weak, when it make you, sometimes you feel so condemned, Lord allow that to be upon you. Because he accused you, but Lord said, you can do that. Why he can do that? Because God had a confidence to what the sacrifice has been made in you. No matter how he tried to accuse, no matter how he tried to do damage to the other believer, but only by the permission that God gave it to him. If God permit him to do that, it must be there's something good come out of that every time. Brother Barama said, as long as the intercessor is still on the throne, Satan can stand there and accuse because he's an attorney of the other side. He's an opponent of Christ. He's an opponent is standing there and saying, but wait, Adam fell. Adam done this. I conquered him. I got his wife to believe a lie. And you said she'd be damned by, damned by it. I got it. But here's the mediator. That's your mediator. Standing there. Amen. The Kingsman Redeemer. Amen. Standing there with the blood that can take the vilest sinner's heart and change it. A mediator is on the throne. Yes, sir. Satan said, but they're guilty. Jesus said, they're not. Why they're not guilty? Because all their sin has dropped into the bleach. The Clorox was invented or manufactured to take stain, take the coloring of the ink or any other stain. They got it. And they would break it up till it never find it again. It goes back to gas and all the way back to cosmic light and it would pass molecule and everything else till it turned back to the original where it come from. It's creation. 
he had a creation that had to come from a creator. But all the chemicals that that was manufactured and put together, they broke up. And that's just all there is to it. And Brother Bram said, and that's what the blood of Jesus Christ does. To the true child of God, when he confessed that sin and stands there justified in his mercy, goodness, even it's so great till God said, I can't even remember it anymore. And it's absolutely my son. Verily I say unto you, if you say to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe in what you said, it shall come to pass. You can have that, what you have said. You are redeemed, the son. Why? You can speak to the mountain. Because there's no condemnation in them that's in Jesus Christ. Why? You can speak to your storm. Because the, all the condemnation, all the sin has dropped into the bleach. And it'll go all the way back to Satan. God said, you are free. As I said, you're not just free to have a free good feeling. You are free. Now you can claim everything that belongs to you. All Satan do is only try to remind, remind your past. But you tell him, I have no past. All my past has already laid in the blood of Jesus Christ. And let me remind you, all my sin has traced it back all the way to Satan himself. And he's confined and he's sentenced to death just waiting for his punishment in the lake of fire. And that you have no sin, you are free. And for him, his destination has already been sentenced. Right now, he doesn't even have a power to death. He doesn't have a power to sickness. It's only God allowed him to let him to do that. But that sickness without any power on God's people. The Bible in John 5.24 Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me is everlasting life and it shall not come into condemnation, but is a past from death unto life. And then Roman A1 said, therefore, there is a therefore now no condemnation to them that which are in Jesus Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is the word that God has said to, you, to the people who has no, who has been walked with us after the Spirit, but not after the flesh. He said that they have a no condemnation. Only when we are in the blood of Jesus Christ, then no condemnation can go through that. It doesn't mean the devil don't, don't condemn you. But none of his condemnation will stand true. Because the bleach has turned all his accusation and the proof that to be a lie. And throw it all right back to himself and onto his own condemnation. That's why in the Bible, Isaiah 54, it said, No weapon that's a form against thee shall prosper. The devil has formed in many 
weapons and two against you. And this condemnation of the accusation is one of this. But the Lord said, And every town that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. He said, And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Our righteousness is not from anybody else, from ourselves. Our righteousness is from Him, the Lamb of God. It's you that condemned the devil. The more the accusation they have on you, if you confess that and put in the blood of Jesus Christ, all the accusation will go back to Him. And it's not because of what we do, but it's because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed us clean. You know, if the person that condemns another person, the reason is because they never saw the power of the blood. Just like Brother Bram was talking about uh, the woman that he, uh, uh, he was a saw that in the, in the little restaurant there. I, I don't want to go there. Uh, uh, just, I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing this. And then uh, the, the woman was, uh, you know, the blue one on his, uh, on her eye and, uh, dress a short and, uh, the old, old age, uh, just, uh, uh, in the worst condition. And when Brother Brandon saw that, he felt, you know, Lord, why don't you just uh, destroy uh, this whole thing that it was, uh, with all this, uh, uh, filthy and everything. And then the Lord that led him to saw that his own sin that had come before the Lord. But because there is a blood bumper, so it is a bumper off every that uh, accusation, the sin that he had done, that, uh, uh, so that it won't go before the Lord. And then the Christ said to him, he said, you know, I, I forgive you, but you try to condemn this person. You see, when, when the prophet saw that, and then he turned from his condemnation, and then that he went into uh, the woman, went to the woman, said unto her, and about the, the vision that he saw, then uh, he led the little woman to the Lord. You see, one of the person, when he don't see the blood, and all what he saw is just this wrong, that wrong. You know, that person shouldn't be doing that. This, uh, you know, why don't you just destroy it and everything? But as soon as he saw the blood, as soon as he saw God forgive him, then the forgiveness started to proceed from uh, this person. So when, we will see this. The brother Branham, he's not a, a forgive, he's not a one God forgive the woman. And then the brother Branham, you know, saw that, uh, okay, then he forgive that woman. No. It's the prophet when he saw God forgive him. Then he can forgive that other woman. For the person, if we, we, we can only Forgive that when we were forgiven. If we're not to be forgiven, if we don't see the blood has forgiven us, we cannot forgive the other people. 
That's why you're, we can, you can condemn this person, you can condemn that person. But as soon as that person saw the blood has covered them, has pleaded for them, their sin has dropped into the, the blood, and has there become a sinless, Lord, it doesn't even remember, then they can give a forgiveness. And what has been condemned them by the blood of Jesus Christ and take the, the condemnation of the way, then he changed that a condemnation, that he condemned the other person like a brother Branham did. Actually, that becoming the power to turn to the prophet around. When he sold his forgiveness, he went to you that a woman said, I saw the vision. How the Lord has forgiven me, you still have a chance that you can come to God. And he, in that message of the water of a separation, he said, I told her just exactly the vision. But Abraham said, I said, the blood of Jesus Christ, sister, still atone for you. As long as you are mortal like this, you still have a chance to be saved. But I said, when you go beyond that blood, you are already judged. He said, I told her the story. And it was enough to grind the heart of a stone man. How that she once was raised in the Christian home. An old-fashioned Methodist, the parents who went to church and did what was right. And she married a husband. He started drinking. She got a daughter. And then he went a member of the church. And they were even a member of a church themselves. And how she took the road that was wrong. She said, I've sinned away my date of grace. And then Brother Bramah said, look, do you still have a respect for the Lord Jesus? She said, I do, sir. I said, then he hasn't left you. I said, no, he's still got mercy for you. I said, you think he'd, uh, the woman said, you think he'd receive me right like this? I said, yes, ma'am. And I took her by the hand and kneeled down there at that place. And brother, we broke that place up into a prayer meeting when we led her to the Lord Jesus Christ. When the prophet saw the blood, had it redeemed him. When the prophet saw the power of the blood, then he turned that a condemnation and then into a power that he can go to this woman and introduce Jesus Christ to this woman. And what he was condemned this woman before, but because of the blood has forgiven him, let him saw that the same blood of Jesus Christ can also forgive that woman. And when we, when we look at this, oh, my time is just started running out. Let me, let me just start to wrap it up over here. Thank you, Brother Tim. You probably remember the story that Brother Bram talking about. Um, uh, you know, there was a, there was a woman and uh, she was, um, uh, she was a uh, real Christian, a believer. And um, then uh, she, uh, uh, you know, there was another man who was in the world. This woman was born, and uh, if we can see, there's a boring in the message. And the other man was uh, uh, in the world, and then later on received the Lord. And then this woman fell in love with this uh, uh, Christian man who was converted. And uh, they get married. And uh, they uh, loved each other so much. And uh, one day, this woman said to, um, uh, to, uh, to this um, 
But her husband, uh, you know, he asked her, he said, you know, uh, she said, you're, you're for, directly from the world. There must be some time, uh, the battle must be hard. And then the man said, yes. He said, you know, sometimes it does uh, become a battle. And then a woman said, um, uh, his wife said, uh, he said, I want you to remember one thing. If the enemy does upset you somewhere, and you fall and you go back into sin, the woman said, don't stay away from home. I want you to come on home. You're going to find at home the same wife that you married. And said, I'll help you to pray back and pray through and get back to God again. He said, look, I married you upon the basis not of what you wore. But I married you because I love you. And she said, no matter what you do, I still love you. I married you because I love you. And then a man that went to work and to the place that he was working, he said, now, how could a man do anything wrong against something like that? He said, I want a woman that loved him so much that no matter what he did, was willing to come back and take him again and try it again. And Brother Brahma said, and now you multiply that by a billion, then you have some idea of what the love of God is. What is it so powerful? This woman has an unconditional love that is for her husband. That no matter what happened, even he done things wrong outside. And she said, don't you stay outside. Come home. I'll help you. We'll pray through this. She had a, such a love that it to that man. And such a love has done such a great thing to the man. That a man wouldn't do anything. Try to hurt this, uh, hurt his wife. If I can put it in another way of saying this. This man, this love was so great that if this man would even have a thought of to do anything wrong, that he would feel condemned. He wouldn't cross that love lest you do anything to harm his wife. I was thinking about what is the love of a God that has been shown to us. He gave us the word that in this hour, he saved us when we were rejected by anybody. He's, he, he saved us when we are so filthy and when we have been falling constantly doing things that's wrong. Then he showed us the redemption. He gave us, showed us the blood of Jesus Christ, redeeming us from all the filth, all the wrong, all the things that are in the world. This love is an unconditional love. If that husband have a, such a thing that in this mind and said, Who, how can anybody do anything wrong to against that other woman? In another word, if we put it out, multiply it at a billion times, how can we do anything wrong to the one that is so loved us? How can we do anything wrong to do anything wrong to this one that when we're sick, that he healed us? When we're abandoned, He delivered us. 
When we have no direction, don't know where to go, then it showed us the way. When we are in the darkness, and then it shine upon the light to us. Even to have a thought to do things like that, we will feel condemned. What stop us to sin, to do things wrong? It's not God's power of law and a punishment try to deter or prevent us to sin. But it's this unconditional and the forgiving love that will condemn us even the first thoughts of sin that have come upon our mind. That is a love was so great that if anything, that even the thought to do anything wrong, that we will feel condemned. And we wouldn't allow ourselves to do things like that. It's because His love has manifested to us. That is the power of the condemnation, if I would say that. It's the power of love that will stop us, will condemn us, if there's one thought of anything that we try to do wrong. Sometimes we may be slow to understand. Sometimes we may be full and blind. Then we do sin against the Lord. Sometimes even like David did. But as soon as God revealed to David, David repent through the prophet of the Lord. As soon as he revealed to the believer, to us, and we feel condemned. But that condemnation is not like a condemnation from Satan. Satan's condemnation brings to destruction. But God's love brings such condemnation that in our heart, Lord, forgive me. I'm not going to do that anymore. Is that the love that condemns us not to destruction, not to condemnation, but condemns us so that we go to the repentance? It's the work of the condemnation that from the Lord that make us into the salvation that He provided to us. That condemnation from the Lord drive us to the repentance. Satan's condemnation can only destroy the person. But God's love, when His love, He condemns you doing things that's wrong, that condemnation turn into the power, driving us to repentance. Like the prophet, when he was condemning that woman, but when he saw the love of God, he saw the blood of Jesus Christ, he himself feel condemned. But he doesn't feel condemned just into the destruction wallowed in his condemnation. But that condemnation turned into the power. Then the prophet turned around, passed all this woman's filth, passed all the condemnation that a woman has to pass, all the like a prostitute of this woman. He passed all of that, go to that woman, said, do you want to receive the Lord? When he was by love condemned by God that he had done things that were wrong, but that turned him into a missionary mind. He said, I want you to save that woman by the grace of God. Because the Bible said, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastised of the Lord. That we should not be condemned with the world. When God condemns us, when God judges us, He's not condemning us together with the world. 
But he wanted to turn that you into the power so that that would turn us around and take us out of from the self-afflicted of the sin, self, the, the condemnation, the guilt feeling. Then it turn that around that into the power that we want to, Lord, save myself. Lord, save my children. Lord, save my loved ones. You know, we can tell that a person to repent and we can condemn his wrong to doom, but unless God used to drive it into the heart of the person, it won't work to repentance. It has to be the Lord doing that. You see, then why we're preaching it, why we're living it, so that you can be an example. Why we're preaching it against the sin is not to condemn that other person. But it's to let them know they're wrong. But Lord provided a sacrifice. I don't know your parents. Sometimes you probably will find that you prayed for your children. You prayed for your loved ones. The husband prayed for the wife. The wife prayed for the husband and they're not saved. And you find out many times. Let's just take the children for example. And they are, oh, the children, I would say the children, they love their, their parents. They love them because of their, they provide them in the family. They provide them the, a, a, a place of the living. But the parents often will find that their children doing things behind their, behind their back. Do you find that? They hide from you. Why do they hide from you? If they don't love you, they don't have to hide from you. If they don't have, uh, you know, if, 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 I'll just say this. Sometimes you feel that the children, uh, you know, they, maybe it's about a punishment. But you can only punish them so much to a certain point when they grow up. And you cannot punish them anymore. You're not big enough, strong enough even to do that. But you find out that the children sometimes, they hide themselves. But they do things as the behind the back of their, their parents. Or the husband or the wife or whatever that you say. But let me say this. They don't hide from God. Let me explain this. They hide it from you. But they don't hide from God. You know why they don't hide from God? It's not because God can see them everywhere. It's because God is not real to them. So they don't have to hide from God. They hide from you because you are more real than God. You might be punishing them. Yeah, they, they might don't want to hurt you. They might don't want to do, let you lose their confidence. You are more real to them than God. Until God become real to them that you, they don't have to hide from you. Because all the sin, all the things that they do wrong, they don't want to do it anymore. But they are hiding from you because God is not real to them. That's why they hide it from their parents, but they don't hide them from God. That's all why when we, as the parents, what they need to do is to make God become so real that they want that God is the inside of you. 
Then there's a, they don't need to hide from you to do anything that is wrong because God become a reality to them. All you need to do, you believe the Lord. You apply the token. You let God have the skin on. You let the Holy Spirit living in you make God become a soul real. Then they feel so condemned that they don't want to live the life anymore. So Lord, I want the life of Jesus Christ just like what you lived in my mom and in my dad. When they have that life living in you, you don't worry about they hide you from you. They don't, you don't worry about they do this wrong, they do that wrong. They have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, them, and direct their footsteps every day in their life. So the key is not try to block them. Try to, you know, don't do this and don't do that. But let God become a reality to them. Then, you become a burden for them. Then that a burden that is inside of you. And it makes your life become so much like God. Even that in your whole life you can reflect it in Him. And I was thinking about how the Lord has changed our brother Johnny, brother Victor. And I was thinking how much more, how much their parents before they came into the Lord prayed for them. Day in and then a day and night to believe for them. They probably never even feel that. But the burden of their parents. And it make the hands of a God start to moving in them. And it's supernaturally that are moving in them. And until they've been converted. It's God's doing this. Then as I said, they don't have to hide it from their parents. Over the doing things that that is wrong. Though they feel condemned. Then they want to do things wrong, but it's not enough condemned to make them to want to receive the Lord Jesus. But when God will use the parents, use the person, and love the ones, and their life was so much, and that they burdened for their children, and their life lived the manifested Jesus Christ, and God become a heaven of skin on, has a, such a reality living in them. Then that become a condemnation that come from the God. Then the two of our children, until the one time, come to the point and said, I don't want to live this life of the double life anymore. Until they want to receive the Lord into their heart. I remember that at one time. That's probably my most uh, guilty feeling in all my life. Is when I was a teenager. And I always uh, don't have a good relationship with my dad. Since I was a kid, I don't like my father. The way he's doing things, the things that he said, the things that I just don't. Uh, I don't like him. And I just always thinking about it. When I'm getting old, when I'm getting uh, strong enough, I'm going to get out of this home. This is not a home I want to live. And one day, when I was uh, come to the teenage age, I think either I'm 17 or, or 18, 
or 16, I, I forgot exactly. And I had some quarrel with my argument with my dad. And my dad was so angry. And he, he, he waved his hand and tried to uh, uh, hit me. And that's my first time. Used to, I was just a little kid. I, you know, he spanked me. Uh, but now, when I remember that, I think every spank my daddy gave it to me is right. I need that. But then I don't realize that. So my dad, when he was to try to smack it on my face, that's my first time. I lift on my hand, I grab his hand, I put him down. Because I'm strong enough. I was strong enough. And I want my dad to look at me. He was so shocked. Because he never thought I could do that. And then I was so shocked too. I never thought I was, I can do that. So he looked at me, I look at him. And we look at each other for a few seconds. Then I turn around, open the door, I run out. And I'll never forget it. My dad, instead of a close the door, he opened the door, he ran out, he grabbed a hold of my clothes, he said, don't do that, son. And I hold my, myself, I was still angry, but he holding me, he said, son, don't go. And now I'm thinking about the love of God. That time I don't understand that. But now when I receive the Lord, I, I turn it around. I was thinking about, Lord, what a love that you give it to me. When I was unlovable, when I was a rebellious, when I would do things that is wrong, it's God holding my clothes and son, don't go that way. And then I come back home with my dad. But I was always, there was something that inside of me said, I shouldn't do that. That guilt was always a follow to me. That condemnation was always a follow to me. Even when I was getting older, even when I get married, that guilt, that condemnation never left me. I shouldn't do that to my dad. I shouldn't do that to him. But when I'm getting older, that condemnation becomes more guilt, more guilt. And I couldn't forgive myself. But you see, I try to make it right. I try to talk to my dad. But all the conversation just fall into silence. I feel bad for him because he's getting older. But that guilt doesn't do anything good to me. I feel bad. I try to do good to him. Try to buy something for him. But that condemnation never going on the way. That guilt is never going on the way. Because that's only human emotion. I try to make it right, it just doesn't work. Until one day, when I received the Lord. When I received the message, still that guilt is there. Still that condemnation is there. And several times, I go home, I went back, I tried to make it right with my dead. But then one day, the Lord completely changed me. Instead of just feeling the guilt, Instead of it just a feel, you know, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt my dad. I don't, I want, I just want to be, become a good son, you know, bite him some food, bite him something, you know, go with him a little, go out a little bit. But Lord completely changed me. 
instead of just to try to make it at a right. But God turned that condemnation, turned that guilt. What I was guilty was so much, but He turned that. I in my heart. I said, Lord, I owe my debt. I not owe my debt just for as a son, but I owe my debt to lead him to Christ. This is the thing I can do to my father. Then that guilt, that condemnation, turn into the power, turn into the burden. That I burden for him, not just to try to make it right, but I said, Lord, my dad needs you. My dad needed salvation. My mom needed a salvation. Then the condemnation turned into days, months, years of that, into the power, into the burden. That inside of me, I burdened for them. I prayed for them. Whenever I get a chance, I want to share the gospel to them. That condemnation turned into the burden for years. And one day, I led my mom to the Lord. And that condemnation that I want to my dad to receive it. Even until today, my dad still hasn't have them baptized him yet. He hasn't fully received yet. But just a few weeks ago, when I was talking with my mom, and I was talking with my dad, and my dad said to me, Son, pray for me. Then I told my dad, I said, Daddy, you need to receive the Lord. You need to receive this message. And my daddy said, in my heart, I do believe. He said, you pray for me. That years of a burden, that years of a condemnation. But Lord, turn that condemnation, that guilt into a burden. That burden become a power, become a prayer, become a power of a prayer that can shake the hands of a God. And it seems impossible, but God can still change that. That's the power of a condemnation. That I'm thinking about, even until today, our brothers in China still in jail. You don't know what I went through. That in my heart I feel condemned. I feel myself so guilty. I even told Brother Ed, I said, Brother Ed, I can never forgive myself. To see my brothers in jail, day in, day out, months after months, I was like living in a hell. I even think of the Lord, just put me in jail. Why not them in there? I even consider myself to just buy me a ticket, go in there, go into jail to substitute them. But that's just a human being. That condemnation doesn't make it a full use by God. It doesn't achieve any supernatural, spiritual things. But then God changed that. Instead of just be condemned in there, I said, Lord, the work of the Lord needs to go on. The work of the Lord needs to proceed. That's the, they are in there because the reason of the word of God. They're in there because the reason of the, the Bible that haven't been, we haven't been put our tear, blood, sweat that are into it. Then that condemnation turned into a power. Then it's not only affecting me, it affected Sister Shirley. It affected her brother G, brother James. It affected Sister Juniper. 
It affected my wife. It affected Sister Cora. It affected Sister Esther right now. It's a translating. And that condemnation turn around, become a burden. Become the burden for the word of the Lord. That condemnation, I feel condemned. But instead of being condemned, wallow in that guilt, wallow in that condemnation. God turned that around into a power, into a burden. That just in the last year, just in that whole year, and the sister Shirley, brother Jim, they translated more than 60 messages. But all put together with the believer in China, with the sister Esther, with all Cora, sister Juniper, everybody together, we translated almost a hundred messages just in one year. That's the power of condemnation. That's why that I think about my pastor, Brother Ed. I can never forget that, Brother Ed. One day in an office, I was a brother had to come in and he was talking with us. And he speak about the Philippines. The trip in there and then how the work started. Brother said, he said, go in there. And he was, uh, he didn't uh, do much of preaching or whatever, but he got a burden to get a message out. The musicians, you can come. And he filled the burden for them. He asked them, how many people, how many messages did you have? And some uh, up said, I got five. Some said, I got two. And all these years, and he only got about two, five, three, ten, or some message. Brother Ed said, I have uh, all the eleven hundreds of them, twelve hundred of the messages. I can never forgive myself. If I have a one, I have all the message. And all those poor people only got a few of them. That stuck into my heart. If I can call that, that's a power of a condemnation. That I feel guilty, I feel condemned. If I have all the resources that I have, and look at all of the people, they only got a few, they want a one or two. I can never forgive myself if I don't put that message in the hands of the people. I will call this a power of condemnation. And I was thinking about it, Brother Milko. It's the power of that condemnation that it made him when he got all the table, all the message that we have. He will never forgive himself if he don't make this message available. Go to Croatia, Slovenia, all those countries. It's the power of the condemnation. We must get this message out to the people. I can never forgive myself when I have the word of God, the Bible in my hand, and know there's a thousand after thousands, there's some mistakes in there. See my own people and reading the Bible. I will feel condemned by the power of a condemnation. Condemned me so much. Forget about the politics. Forget about what the people say. Forget about everything else. But make the word become available to the people. I don't want to say this, but let me finish this one. Then I'm thinking about the different students that are coming over here. 
go to the BCA school. Some they live in my house. And they live in a different believer. Brother Dean Walsh. And the Rosellas. The Ibersons. And it's there Sister Rena. Sister Esther. And some are living in the Gindos. And all the, in the living in different, different places. Year after the years. Sister Mary. Sister Amy. Jason. James. Tiffany. Jeriah. Sarah. And all those young people. Why are they coming over here? I feel condemned. When I go over there, know my children is in that school. Know they're going through to the school. Have the best education that they can have. Spiritual education that they can have. And when I go there, I saw mom, their mom and dad with tears in their eyes. Said, I don't know how to do with my children. There's no school for them to go to. There's no church that they can go to. I feel condemned. I don't want to put them in my home. I have my family. I don't believe those brothers. They want to just. Uh, oh, I want to put it in my home. But we feel condemned, Brother Gido. Brother Gindos. We must do something for them. We take them over. They're living in a different home. They're going to the school. Put time, energy, money, everything so that in them. I even feel condemned now. Where are they? Some doing good. Some probably not doing good. I prayed, I prayed. Even yesterday, I'll lay down there. Tears in my eyes. I said, Lord, where are they? Is it all wasted? All the money has wasted. All the home. Brother Rosella, the brother Gindos, all the home. They will home them, homestay them. They're living in my home. They do not. Where are they? Some I don't even know where are they. Some doing good, Sister Esther. And help to the translating, even right now. And different people. And I tell us, the Lord, I said, Lord, I feel condemned. I'm so condemned. Lord, what have I done? Is there anything that I've done wrong? It seems there's no result. But then, The grace of a God come. Lord, I put a scripture in my heart. The things that you've done to the least of my brethren, you did that to me. Then the condemnation left me. I said, Lord. I've not done that to people. I've done that to you, Lord. And the Lord said, in the scripture, you've done what you could. Brothers and sisters, let us do what we could.
No matter what result is, no matter what come in or come out, no matter what happened, we must do what we could, brethren. I only want to hear one word from the Lord. Murphy, you've done what you could. The things you've done to the least, you've done that unto me. May the Lord bless you, my dear brothers and my sisters. I know we're living in a different time. But may we be found faithful that the Lord has said to us, you've done what you could. Brother Mark, Sister Rachel, let us hear that word our Lord said to us, Brother Matthew, Sister Geneva, you've done what you could. The things that you do to the least, you've done it unto me. That's the power of condemnation. I feel what I owe everybody. I feel what I owe every person. As Paul said, I'm the chief of the sinner. I do more labor than anybody else. Not because that I'm able. I do this. I'm a great. It's because I'm the chief of the sinners. It's because I persecuted the church. I stoned Stephen to death. I was condemned. But that condemnation turned to the burden for the word. That condemnation turned to the power of the word. I feel so unable. I feel so difficult even to bring this message this morning. I prayed, I prayed, I even tried to avoid this. But I feel i done what I could. Lord, don't let the devil condemn us. But Lord, you condemn me. Let me feel what I always owe. Let me feel that I was condemned if I don't bring the word to the people. Let me feel condemned if I don't bring the word to those people in China. Brother Tim, I feel condemned if I don't bring the word to the people in Uganda. How can we, how can we live? How can we not feel guilty? When all the hands rise up, when all the hands rise up, they only got a few messages in their high hand. We're condemned. But that's the power of condemnation. God doesn't put a power of condemnation to other people, but it put it to Cloverdale Bible way. Even in the pandemic, even in this time that we're living in, but never, never let that burden leave us. That's the only purpose that we exist. That's the power of condemnation. May the Lord bless you. Can we sing a song? He has forgiven me. I wonder if Brother Michael can come help me to sing the verse. I only know the chorus, but I don't know the verse. So if a Brother, a brother Michael, you can just help me out.
Have you been forgiven? Then you can forgive anybody else. We're forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He forgive us. When we saw that blood forgiven us, that we can forgive each other. You know the verse of it? Yes, go ahead, Brother Michael. I know what it's like Oh, to think of things I've done And want to run and hide my head in shame
Let us bow our head. Dear Heavenly Father, how we're so thankful that we're forgiven, Lord. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that has done that. Lord, I was forever thankful for the day when I realized that it's the blood of Jesus Christ that has washed me clean and to take away the guilt and I'm free forevermore. But Lord, I'm even more thankful that I'm not just a free, though I know when the Son of God will set me free and I'm free indeed. But Lord, that I can claim the rights that you give it to me. Lord, are you that the power of a condemnation that I feel that I owe, that I know that, uh, Lord, if I don't do, if I don't get the word to the people, Lord, I feel so condemned. But Lord, that, that turn into the power, Lord, I can bring the message to the people. That I'm thinking about a different one, my pastor. Lord, that a word to be translated and that the word, that the message to go into Almost around the world, everywhere to go. Then I'm thinking about all those great men of God. Brother Harold Hillebrand, bring the message to the Africa. Lord, the different people, to the Asia, to the South America, and somebody in Europe, and Russia, to all those different countries. Lord, it, it takes this power of a condemnation. That in the people, in those men of God, that bring the word. The burden of the word and the bring the message to them. Lord, I just pray you out of for this little church. Lord, I know that we're living at a time. It seems like this should be the time just everybody try to survive. But Lord, I don't believe that. This is not just a time that everybody try to hang on, try to survive. This is the time, Lord, we believe the word need to get out. This is the time not just to defending, not just to get a free feeling, but Lord, not just get a freedom to come to church, but Lord, this is the time to attack, Lord. This is the time to claim every rightfully the rights that it belongs to us. This is the time to bring the word to around the world. This is the time to bring the word to Uganda, to Ethiopia. This is the time to bring the word to Asia, to wherever I go, Lord, it doesn't take it a man personally has to be there. Lord, some can do on the internet. Some can do, Lord, on the, just by the computer, by the email, by whatever that needs to be done. Lord, even a few days ago that I received an email, some people in Taiwan, some people in Malaysia, they wanted a Bible. They wanted the word of God. Lord, we know you're still working. You never stop. You never even slow down. Lord, you're still continually working. But Lord, you take, you will take a person, take a people who have the burden of the word. Not a fellow that we're condemned if we're not to bring this word to people. Lord, we're so thankful that you bring that to our heart. Is that everybody can have that? But Lord, you bring that to this church. No matter how difficult it seems like the situation is. But Lord, I pray that a flame of the passion to your word that in our heart has been never diminishing, but just burning 
more vehemently than ever. We're thankful you gave us a vision, Lord. You give a man of a God and not my pastor to hold his vision true. And it's never diminishing because that is his body get wake, but just the burning desire, even getting more higher than a higher. Lord, and may we live a life worthy for the gospel. For this vision, stay true to it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we sing another song? I am redeemed. Well, let's just sing it all together. Let's just worship him a little bit. Oh, I am redeemed. I am bought with a prize. My Jesus has changed my whole Just who I am, you can tell him. I am redeemed. When with it was hate, love now abounds. And where there was confusion, peace now child of the king and it's all because I am redeemed oh and I am redeemed I'm bought with a price oh my Jesus he has changed my time like this we're just becoming more and more thankful that is the blood that is still washes us as a clan and that the blood of Jesus Christ still heals 
We're thankful for every one of you. And I just pray the Lord that will bless you. And we only have one service. I feel so sorry. I become alone again. I, would you forgive me? I, I don't intend to be a long-wind preacher, but sometimes you just you just can't help to be a long-winded. But may the Lord bless every one of you. I pray the, the best thing that I can do. Lord, bless my dear brothers and my sisters until we meet again. I know we don't have a one service today. So, but uh, keep yourself in this atmosphere. Enjoy your time with your family and talk about the Lord. You know, just reveal some things that you haven't been heard that in your mind. Let your life, let your light shine before in your family, in your neighborhood. No matter where we are, no matter where you are, be a light that is in the darkness. May the Lord bless you. Remember, Brother Tom, Sister Joanne, Sister Beth, for the different need, the brothers in the, in the, on the states, uh, in the border, uh, across the border, some affected by the COVID. And we pray the Lord to give them a quick recovery. And so this, the world has made this as to become a so uh, big thing. But to God, there's a no big thing or small thing. He only had a one way to do that. Cast out Satan. And that's what we're going to do. May the Lord bless you. God bless you.